A widespread concern of PCOS is hair loss. When I was working in dermatology, a large portion of my patients would come in for hair loss due to hormone imbalances. And today, that's exactly what we are going to be talking about in this episode, the causes of PCOS hair loss and what you can do about it. So if you've been dealing with PCOS hair loss, you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode because even if you just have PCOS and haven't seen hair loss yet, we want to stop it before it begins to develop because hair loss is so much easier to prevent or treat in its early stages than it is to try to regrow hair that has been lost and is noticeably thinning. It can also be very expensive without yielding a lot of results, so we're going to talk about those treatments as well, what to try, what to avoid, but there is a ton of hope and that is what this episode is all about. So let's go ahead and dive in and get started. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korczak, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. Welcome back to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where today we're going to be talking about all things PCOS and hair loss. This is an extremely important topic because it's very difficult to reverse hair loss and regrow hair that has thinned. So the best approach is to slow down the loss of hair as soon as possible, as well as to prevent it from starting in the first place. So first, what are we looking at when we're seeing hair loss? Okay, so it is normal to lose hair every day. So if you're losing a little hair in the shower or on your hairbrush, that is normal, so don't panic, um, first of all. So, okay, there's that. Um, that's completely normal. What we want to watch out for is if you start to feel like your ponytail is thinning, like you don't have um, as much hair when you go to put your hair in a ponytail. We don't want to see any thinness in the temples or kind of a receding hairline, and we definitely don't want to be starting to see thinning on the top of the head, maybe like when you part your hair, that part starting to look thinner and you're starting to see more skin through the hair. That's going to be our first sign usually that something's going on. You may start to notice larger amounts of hair loss in the shower or on your hairbrush. And mostly what you're going to want to pay attention to is tapping into, you know, where do you feel in your health? If you feel out of balance, if you feel like you have high levels of inflammation or your body's not responding the way you want it to, you're not having regular cycles, that's going to all probably show up faster than hair loss. But if your hormones are out of balance, hair loss is a concern. So the first thing we want to do is always focus on balancing our hormones. And in order to do that, the first thing we want to know is, well, what hormone is involved in the loss of hair? What hormones is it that we need to balance? So this is going to be your androgens. And in particular, one of the primary androgens is going to be your testosterone. But that's the tip of the iceberg. And what we want to do is think about, okay, what's going on at the root of the problem down further in our metabolic hormones? That's where we want to actually take um, a natural approach to balance our hormones to reduce hair loss as well as our other PCOS symptoms. So the deeper root problem hormones are going to be things like an insulin effect, inflammation, stress response with cortisol. And keep in mind that these all play together so they can feed off of each other. And so when you take the PCOS root cause quiz, which I recommend that you do, I'll link to it in the show notes below, 
you're going to start to pick out which symptoms are pointing to which root cause and where you may want to focus your attention to address certain imbalances and therefore symptoms. I know I've mentioned this before in many other episodes of the PCOS Repair Podcast, but it bears mentioning again because I think it is something that most people have a misconception about, and that is that elevated exposure to insulin Elevated insulin is not going to show up on labs, but it is going to be creating increased PCOS symptoms. It's going to be affecting your PCOS at the root cause, and it can be occurring long before you have insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is what your doctor is testing for, for elevated insulin levels, abnormal blood sugars, But the problem is, is that we start to see the symptoms long before our bodies begin to actually give in to the constant overuse to become insulin resistant. So in other words, because most women seeking information and assistance with PCOS fall into the 20 to 40 year old age range, this is young. Most of these women are not going to have had elevated insulin or a insulin effect, which is why I call it that. They haven't had that long enough to really develop insulin resistance. So your body starts to resist insulin. So your pancreas is having to pump out more insulin to get a response. And your pancreas at some point starts to wear out. And that's when you start going from insulin resistance to diabetes. But this is a full spectrum. And so many women are still early enough in the spectrum that they have not progressed to insulin resistance. PCOS, your root cause hormones, they don't know where you're at in that spectrum. They just know that there's more insulin than needed in the system, and it's telling your ovaries to produce more androgens. And so when there is high levels of insulin in your bloodstream, whether it's because you eat a lot of things that stimulate insulin response, or your body is slow to take up food, so there's more insulin than needed, whatever the reason you have more insulin circulating in your bloodstream, it's going to tell your ovaries produce more androgens and your symptoms of PCOS will be worse. And then there's inflammation, um, stress, and there's also going to be just imbalanced hormones from a nutritional standpoint and other lifestyle factors that maybe from coming off of birth control or poor sleep or, or other lifestyle factors that can come into play that can elevate insulin besides just dietary means. So that then leads us to the questions. Okay, so once you know what's going on, how do you balance your PCOS and testosterone naturally. So we've talked about that in some of the other episodes. First thing you want to do is take the PCOS root cause quiz and then go and listen to episodes three and four and they'll talk more about the root cause and adopting a natural healing lifestyle in order to help balance your PCOS hormones. But in this episode in regards to PCOS hair loss, what I want to remind you is when it comes to treatment measures, there are medications, which we're going to talk about in a minute. There are some natural, more holistic, over-the-counter things that people talk about, and we'll talk about those in a minute in some detail. But the biggest thing is, is all of those are going to have their side effect profiles. They are also going to be very expensive, and they're going to have a very difficult time making any sort of progress if the underlying hormone imbalance is not addressed first or alongside. You do not have to wait until your hormones are balanced to start some of these treatments, but I'm going to tell you that most people are not very satisfied with these these options of regrowing hair or helping to decrease the loss of hair if they're not also combining them with the lifestyle approach. Okay, so first of all, from a prescription standpoint, 
there is going to be aldactone or spironolactone. Now this is an androgen blocker. So if you have too high of androgens, this helps to decrease their effect in your body. So you can kind of tell just from that description that it's not addressing the root cause. It is simply trying to kind of stop up the dam, if you will, and not let the androgens through. Um, and so it's decreasing, you know, it can decrease female hormonal acne. It can improve hair growth. It works better on acne than hair growth, but if I had a patient that had issues of both, that's definitely something we would consider. It's a prescription medication. Most women who took it did really, really well, but some people really struggle with it. The side effects are kind of strange. They show up different for different people. They can feel kind of weak or fatigued. They can feel kind of like their heart's racing. They can have some um, dizziness or they don't even feel like that they're taking anything. So it's not for everybody, but it's definitely worth talking to your doctor about if you want to take a prescription medication. Again, it works okay for reducing hair growth, and it's not going to override or get to the root of the problem. You're going to have to do that with lifestyle changes. The next option, of course, is that metformin may help to reduce that insulin response. It may help to make your body more insulin sensitive. But keep in mind, if you eat food that creates a high spike in insulin, you still have insulin circulating your body. Metformin does not get rid of that. It just makes your body more responsive to the insulin that you give. So at least you're not pumping extra to be heard. So think of it this way. If you're having a hard time in a crowd to be heard, and so you're having to yell at the top of your voice, that's kind of insulin resistance. It's having to yell to get the body's attention to open up the cells and let the blood sugar in. If you're taking something like metformin, what metformin is doing, it's like giving you a microphone so that you can talk in a normal conversational voice and no longer have to yell, but still be amplified. So you're no longer having to exert that extra energy or that extra amount of insulin to be heard at the level that you want to be heard. So with that in mind, and again, follow this analogy through a little bit, if you're eating something that has a high sugar content, you're still going to flood the body with a high magnitude of insulin. Now, if you're taking metformin, it's not going to make that magnitude of insulin even higher to be heard, you know, like it's allowing your body to hear you easier, but it still is going to have a high magnitude of insulin. So even if you're taking metformin, the lifestyle changes and adjustments, especially in your diet, are still going to be very important. I hope that makes sense. So the next one you can do is an over-the-counter option, and that is Rogaine, which is a minoxidil solution. So in my dermatology office, we always recommended that you used the male strength because again, it's very difficult to regrow hair. And so a little stronger preparation was a better choice. Do keep in mind that Rogaine or Minoxidil, it can increase your chance of growing hair elsewhere on the body, increase of hair growth on the face. And that is something that women with PCOS are already prone to. So there is that side effect. What I always talk to patients about is that that is something that was easier to deal with and remove rather than there wasn't really a lot of other options other than like hair transplants and stuff to regrow hair. The other thing that's really important to recognize with Rogaine or Minoxidil is that this one tends to lose any benefits that you got from it. In other words, you start using it, you start to see your hair thicken. If you stop using it, it will reverse back. Now, you're not losing more hair, 
but it's like you lost any improvement that you gained over that period of time. And if it was worsening in your hormone imbalance, it's going to show that at that point because you're basically just lengthening the hair cycle. And so you're keeping the hair follicles longer. But if there's still an issue at root of your hormones, there's still going to just, you'll lose your hair once you stop taking the minoxidil or the Rogaine. So then think about other ads you may have seen, other recommendations you may have seen, things like biotin, hair and nail supplements, topical solutions for thicker hair. Uh, One that I have seen a lot of and I have talked to people who have had excellent results with is one called Begamore. Then there's also biotin hair and nails. Here's the thing with biotin. Biotin is a vitamin. And so if you are vitamin deficient, then by all means, it may help you, but it's not really an additional medication for hair loss. It's just a vitamin that your body needs for hair and nails. So it is marketed as if you take this vitamin, you're going to have healthier and stronger nails. But the reality is, is that if you have enough of that vitamin already, then you do not need to take more of it. So if you've recently had lab panels that show your vitamin levels then and you know you're good, then you don't need to take it. Um, you could try taking it for a little while and see if you see an improvement, but it's not like a magic pill that's going to help your hair and nails grow. It's just making sure you have the nutrients that your body needs. It's not a magic pill that's going to magically regrow your hair and make your nails stronger. It is simply a vitamin that if you were deficient in could be beneficial to help your body have the nutrients it needs to have healthy and thick hair. Now, other over-the-counter solutions, possible remedies, here's the thing with them. They're not studied. There's not a lot of research to back them up. Most of the case studies and, you know, quote, research that appears to be out there is done by the companies that manufacture the product and are selling the product. So there is some agenda to write these studies and show these case studies in the best possible light. However, if the ingredients are clean and um, you don't have any sort of reaction to them, there's no harm in researching them and trying ones that you feel good about um, or you've been recommended. I think it's important to understand the timeline of things. And then as you make your decisions of what you want to try or don't want to try, do it with the knowledge that you really want to make sure that you're at least focusing on the lifestyle approach so that you're not completely wasting your money. A lot of these supplements and over-the-counter miracle cures for hair growth, most of them don't work amazingly for women with PCOS to regrow hair. If they do, you know, it's, but some of them people find amazing results with it. And so are they worth trying? Probably, you know, but keep in mind that probably most of them are being hyped up by marketing. So get a recommendation from someone that you trust, someone who has tried it, that you can see regrowth or something that's from a company that you trust. But just be aware, a lot of those are very expensive and can yield rather disappointing results. One example that um, I have seen in clinical practice is PRP injections. So this is something that's going to be done by a physician. So it's definitely not over-the-counter natural approach. It's, it's not unnatural in that all they're doing is they do a blood draw and then they spin down your plasma-rich protein. There is no stem cells in this. Anyone who calls this a stem cell treatment is actually incorrect. That is something a little bit different. But it is plasma-rich protein, and then they spin that down, they draw that up in a syringe, and they inject it in the areas of decreased hair. 
So I have done this on patients in the past and I have spoken with the reps of the company and seen different pictures and some people do have really good results with this. What I did notice with the patients that I treated is that their hair had a lot more volume and I think there was a lot more um, small follicles beginning to sprout as well, but the timeline of hair regrowth is a very difficult thing to track because it grows rather slowly as well as hair that's going to fall out is may still be there, but it, it's already on the trajectory to fall out. And so to really see hair start to regrow and to stabilize in a larger volume of hair can take several months to a year to really see if there's any improvement. And there's not going to be a great deal of hair at that point. So you're going to kind of look at the roots and it will start to look like there's more volume because there's little short hairs mixed in um, that are helping to give more volume. Also, both myself, my patient, and her hairdresser thought that her hair definitely looked more lustrous and it just looked happier and healthier and it looked thicker. But when you look at the before and afters, it wasn't dramatic. And it was several hundred dollars of treatment. And she went through two different rounds of groupings of three, three treatments at a time. And then we kind of waited to see over three to six months, we saw a little bit of improvement. So she did a second round. Another one that I have heard good things about, I personally have not tried, is Vegamore. I think the ingredients are fairly straightforward as far as personal care products. I think that they're about as good as you can get. I think that one though is again it's about $150 and I'm not quite sure how long that bottle is going to last you. If you choose to go that route where you're trying something like that where you're putting a solution on your hair to improve hair growth you're going to want to follow the directions exactly. Don't be like me where you try to skimp and like not put as much so it's going to last you like three months instead of one month because then it's probably not going to work. Like use it as they recommend. And then three, give it enough time. Like if you're going to commit to that, give it enough time to really see results. And with hair regrowth, that's going to be minimum three. I would recommend six months, if not longer. So keep that in mind anytime um, you're thinking about trying something new for your hair. And, and then, you know, just so you know what is or isn't working, um, I recommend only trying one new thing at a time. And the most important thing, again, is going to be working towards hormone balancing in your lifestyle. And that's going to come through getting, you know, proper movement in your week. It's going to be through eating, you know, foods that are not spiking your insulin, that are reducing your inflammation instead of contributing to your inflammation and, you know, managing your stress levels and caring for your emotional well-being and your environmental bubble of what's allowed into your day-to-day. So there you have it, my friend. I really wanted to make sure that this information was available to you because I see so many people struggling with hair loss and asking questions about hair loss. And so many times we chase the medications, the supplements, I must not be putting the right thing on it. And we don't first address the root cause. And it's so important to start healing and reversing this early on so that we're not dealing with a much harder to treat situation with thinning hair. So if you found this episode helpful, please be sure to subscribe to your favorite listening platform so that you are notified each week when the next topic of PCOS health becomes available. And if you have any questions about the information in this episode, as well as any of the other episodes of the PCOS Repair Podcast, please head on over to Instagram and leave me a comment or DM me at Nourish to Healthy, and I would be happy to continue this conversation or answer any follow-up questions over there on Instagram. And until next time, bye for now.
Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms? I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free. So go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health. Thank you.